I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and, of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by me old buddy, me old pal. It's at Ryan Peacock NFL. What's going on? That's it. There it is. The return of the Mac. <laughs> so can we call it that? Yeah, that sure. was it. Sure. We finally got up there again. I was I was starting to worry about you that you'd you know you'd lost your voice or had some sort of throat issue. But uh, that excited me. Yeah, did it? Yeah, that that got me going. That got the juices flowing. Oh, and you know what it's doing? It's made seven hundred people on listen to the podcast turn it off instantly. Yep. The minute they heard yep. so me start, go up to like... just everyone just unsubscribed. Yep. But uh, I enjoyed it, so... I went to ballclamps.com and got them to reinstall the ball clamp rhino. Do you know what? I remember, I remember once, right, Liam Gallagher doing an interview uh, back when sort of VH1 was a thing and I used to uh, videotape it. And for the young listeners out there, there used to be this thing called a VHS videotape. And, uh, anyway used to videotape it yeah and i videotaped his and he said he was talking about a new album and i can't particularly remember the exact words but he said essentially something like you know we will continue making albums and i don't care if anybody's listening but i'm going to keep making them as long as we're having fun that sort of thing and i think i think that's like us so everyone might have just turned off but we're still going to keep podcasting right Mm. yeah it's like joe rogan like he got some stick over some stuff and then he came out after and someone said to him, oh, I don't know what it was. I don't know who it was. He had a guest on it. We're saying, oh, do you read the comments? It's just vile out there. And he said, no. He just puts out a podcast and he said he doesn't listen. He literally doesn't care what He happens. doesn't care what people actually think of it. He just does it. Which you can do if you've got millions of subscribers because for all the listeners he's going to lose, he's going to gain some or whatever. But uh, he does not hold back on his. Like He's got some really dodgy stuff. I'm like, you can you say that? I don't think you can say that, can you? I think that's offensive to... A number of different people. I'm, I mean, I'm sure he's big, but I've literally never heard of him. The UFC guy? He... Yeah, no idea. He's like I don't like UFC anyway. UFC's a crap sport. Yeah, I, well, I used to watch... I, don't, I, know, I know Dan Barnes is going to be going, what, bruv? And Matt and, uh, Tisdale. You know, and Matt Tisdale, but I'm sorry. It's just, that ain't... Do you know what I mean? Whatever. I don't mind... Boxing, the sp- that's, that's proper. I don't mind the... Sp- Sport-ish, and there's all this debate like, is it a sport? It's not a sport anyway, it's just psychopaths having a fight. There you go. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I, I didn't really, I liked it when, you know what, Ron? I liked it before everybody else liked it, and now that other people has liked it, it's materially changed what it so is. So your, your, your hipster alarm's going off right yeah. now again. No, I'm, I'm, I'm only actually taking the mick, because I don't believe in that. You know when people are like, I like Snow Patrol until everyone else started liking it. I'm like, is there, are they not the same band? Did they change? Nobody likes Snow Patrol, and nobody likes them now. They say, Simple the, as that. They say the word eyes too much in their lyrics. Open your eyes. You know, and then everyone else. While you get onto music, though, right, I'll tell you something I've found out is, uh, and I'm not sure I want to call it country music, but I've started listening to what I would say was like country music, America, sort of Garth Brooks. thing. But obviously Kenny Chesney, getting pretty into that because seems to be a legend. And then when we were out in Green Bay, there was that song on, you know, Wagon Wheel by Darius Rucker. I've since found out that's what it was. I didn't know it at the time. Mm. But when we were driving back to Chicago, you remember when we took the wrong turn off the main road and ended up driving down something that was not a road? Uh, I can confirm that may or may not have happened. 
Yeah. And, and if you come on a tour with us, it's always perfectly safe. But we were driving on something that was not a road. It's actually had um, bollards up to say, don't go down this road. Yeah, really? said, don't go down this. And, I, and, and <laughs> Steve gave me a look and I went, what's the worst that could happen? Let's just go for it. And uh, to be fair, we got to the airport on time. So, <sighs> But there's a song came on anyway. And I'll tell you what, I've been listening to that. And I think there's something about that kind of music. It's just getting stuck in my head. So all day long, I've just had Wagon Wheel by Darius Rucker just going over and over and over in my head. Country music's good, though. It's, yeah, no, I get it because it's a story. I was listening to what is that? Uh, uh, what's it? Your body's like a back road. Some, so, I don't know. It was some sort of weird lyric, lyricy song. I was like, it's a bit sexy, but I think I'll give it a listen. I gave it a listen, and it's uh, it's nice. It's a story. And do you know what breaks my heart? Listen to what's it called? Um, I read a note my grandma wrote back in 19 blah 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 and it goes into this story and i remember i was big into my you know hip-hop stuff at the time but i was driving along in my car and this <laughs> this song come on because i didn't have my will smith cd in the car so i'm um, not really will smith more jay-z i'm going to miami Miami, <laughs> so he uh this song came on at this call Col- uh colin ray is his name. Look him up. Never, and never heard of it. Well, look him up, right? And if you do not right. cry when this song comes on, because it's about this dude who's, he reads a note that his grandmother wrote to his grandfather. And just the lyrics are unbelievable. She dies, by the way, right? But when you hear about when she dies... and Sounds he, a terrible song. It is an amazing song. But it's something that you sort of envision, you know, singing at your at your granny's funeral. You know, like it makes you think of your relatives being dead. That's how powerful this thing is. Right. But do you think, it, with the whole country thing, do you think it's the fact that everything rhymes? All Do you think that's why it sticks in your head? All songs rhyme, though. Do they? Yeah. I don't know. Do you know the song I'm talking about? Because, like, literally, I'm talking to you now, and all I can hear is it going over my head. Go on, sing a bit. Like, I ain't going to sleep. Sing a bit. Do you want a little bit? A little bit. Come on. Don't know. So it's a bit bit stage fright now. No, but... go for it. Don't be shy. Look, I had right, a karaoke right, night right. with a few wickeds in you. You're everybody's. Come on. All right, okay. And I have had six tonight. But yet, so rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Rock. Me, mama, any way you feel. Hey, mama, mama rock, rock me. me. There you go. So you know it. Oh, yeah. Rock me, mama, like the wind and the rain. Rock me, mama, like a southbound train. Hey, mama, mama rock, rock me. me. See? We should form beautiful, a band. Isn't it? We're like Robson and Jerome on this thing. I know, but I think it's just everything rhymes. And now like, I'll be literally laying in bed at about three o'clock in the morning and that'll just be going over and over. It's been in my head all day at work. Yeah, and now it's in everybody else's listen to the podcast. We should write our own country song about travelling from the UK across the pond to Wisconsin and back again. Yeah. For two months rent and three days holiday. But do you know what? I've actually written rap verses for Aaron Rodgers already. Yeah, but I can't rap. No, I, I tell you, it's some quality stuff and uh, it's about his injury and stuff. I've, uh, you know, I drink that purple crush, but that purple crushed me hanging out a Lambo now and going for surgery, you know. Stuff like that. <laughs> no? Nobody? I loved it. I loved it. I'm going to stick with Darius Rucker though. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, because I literally have no choice. Right. So. How about this one? Cool as Go the on. wind blow through the window you can find me at Lambo hanging with the physio or back home <laughs> playing on Nintendo playing on Madden throwing touches to the end so, like it's just I'm just saying yeah because Madden's literally the only way no I'm not I'm not going down that path I'm not being negative tonight he's just, he's just kicking it should we talk Packers we probably should so Friday the 13th you scared of it not really 13's my favourite number 
Yeah, I grew up in the house 13, so and my sister's a witch nice. and like had a black cat. So I'm not scared Is of she all really? that. Super, yeah, yeah, she's a has a broom Jesus. and everything. Jesus. She's worse than you, you mean? Oh yeah. Because like you're a pretty scary individual, obviously, just the sheer size of you and presence of you. <laughs> How can they get such a small person? But come here, um, yeah, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers apparently allegedly came out on the Conan show, which is meant to air tonight. So maybe people eagerly that guy's a douche, it. right? I don't think he's funny. Do you think Conan's no, funny? No, not at all. Like I just don't get him. Like I like the, the the different shows that are on at those times of nights, and I've seen a few of them. But that guy, I just don't get it. Yeah, James Corden, deadly. Oh, I don't, uh, don't even get no. Don't even get me started. He, he's not funny either. Well, he's brilliant. Nah, and he tells inappropriate jokes. It seems as well. Yeah, he's a bit of a douche for that. And then he was like, "Oh, I was attacking the guy who was like a you know severe." Anyway, we won't get into it because uh, yeah. we don't want, we don't want to mess up our podcast with that lark. Um, John Oliver, fantastic. Uh, Love him. Yeah. Love the South African geezer as well. Can't remember his name. I thought, yeah, I'm not into him. I, YouTube keeps thinking I'm into him and saying, I suggest you watch this. And I'm like, no, I, no thanks. I suggest you back off, bruv. Yeah, we're all sweet yeah. for you, mate. So, yeah, he was on the Conan show that's going to be airing tonight, uh, tomorrow. And he said that he's 13 screws put in. But then I think Jason Wilde, which is, as we all know, is Jason Wilde. Um, yep. went and text him and he said oh yes I might have exaggerated or am I not have exaggerated on TV I don't know what that means yeah like, what do you I think don't of- know I, I would imagine I mean I'm just looking at myself right now my collarbone is not big enough to get 13 screws in surely and uh, hmm. so yeah I think he was probably just having a bit of a bubble um, but I don't know I mean come on I think he was just having a laugh wasn't he it's weird that you'd say it I don't see because you know I don't know, people do that all the time. You don't want to do that passive-aggressive thing. They're like going, is that your can? It looks like your can on the counter. Are you not going to clean it? I thought you weren't going to. And you're like going, hey, do you want me to move the can? Are you having a go? And they're like, oh, I was only joke. And you're like, none of that sounds like a joke. Uh, Look, it's, it's, it's been a while since I've done a collarbone surgery on somebody, but I don't know that I'd be able to get 13 screws in it. So I think it was just a laugh and, you know, whatever. But I don't know. I don't know what we draw from that. One, yeah, like Aaron uh, wasn't telling the truth, and two, Conan's not funny. Yeah, so there's very little actual media value. This is what happens on Boy Week, and you get people <laughs> coming out articles like Aaron Rodgers is male, you know, like yeah, all right, fair enough. So anyway, the the main thing to Aaron take from Rogers it is got screwed thirteen times. So yeah. the main the main thing, why are we whispering? No one can hear. I don't know. I don't. Know. It makes it sexier if you whisper. Yeah, and then people get really annoyed. Turn the radio up, and then you shout after. But so he's on IOR, so he can't practice for six weeks, can't return to playing for eight weeks. So the next eligible game that he's there for is the Carolina game, December 17th. But then again, that stage, maybe, maybe not the playoff scenario is going to be set. So the thing is, though, week 17, Brett Hundley's going to be in the game and he's going to throw the dagger. Well, I know what you're no. referring to. But that's what's weird. And when you look back yeah, to 2013, the last time that the collarbone thing was at issue, first thing to note is, is he didn't have surgery and he came back after seven games. And it was the other collarbone. And it was the other one. So you're kind of thinking, like, the, the, I don't know whether the expectation was, like, it's okay, he's fine to play with it, but if he gets injured again on the same one, well, then He he's... won't be back this season. No, I, I don't think so. And But the only thing is, it does show that, yes, you can come back after seven weeks and play. So... The fact that he got surgically repaired, you might think... Like, it says one of two things, and I'm not a doctor. Surprise, surprise. Um, that's why we're on the podcast, you know. 
um, instead of doing surgery. It can mean one of two things. One is that uh, it was a really bad break and that he's definitely not going to be back in time. Or two, it's to accelerate his comeback so that he will definitely back be back on time. It's, but it, it's, it's madness. I mean, two things are going to happen. Either Brett Hundley doesn't work out and we're nowhere near it and therefore you wouldn't bring him back and risk him anyway. Or, as I said before, if Brett Hundley manages to navigate the season and get you to the playoffs, why wouldn't you leave him in? Because the risk would be, at that point, that you put Aaron Rodgers in and you hurt him even further if he's not fully recovered. Now, I get it that a lot of people out there will be saying, if he's fit, he's in. And I get a lot of people also maybe reference the Denver Broncos in that, um, I think it was Brock Osweiler played a, a large portion of their season, got them to the playoffs, maybe even played some playoff games. And then, of course, as soon as Peyton Manning was fit to play, he played and he went to the Super Bowl. So... I kind of get where it's all coming from, but I, I think it's probably a situation we won't even have to think about if, I, if, if I'm honest. Yeah, but the Peyton Manning situation was because Peyton was, was patently crap and they pulled him and they put Brock in and then they put Peyton back in again. And like the thing is, you're no one is going to go down in history as the coach who had a fit Aaron Rodgers and didn't use him. So there's no, I think there's no way that even if Brett Hundley's doing the biz, because for instance, look what happened to Doug Flutie back in the day. So Doug Flutie was in, he was doing a great job. He should have went to the Super Bowl, but they pulled him and put their original quarterback in. So that that's that's the type of stuff to have. There's no way my, uh, Mike McCarty d- says, right, Aaron, you're you're healthy now. We're not going to put you in, especially if Ryan as well. Like this comes down to like it did against the Bears. So surprising enough, back in 2013, the Packers became NFC North champions. They wouldn't have got in on the record alone. They were eight seven and one when they bet the Bears beat the Bears for anyone who wants to give me crap about that so like they had what like there was three four downs or something in that drive and it was a four down pass uh, he escaped Julius Peppers through the dagger play to Randall Cobb went down and scored uh, which Randall Cobb famously said that the longest time he'd ever have to wait in his life was waiting for that pass to come down and he was freaking out which is brilliant to hear instead of like oh I knew I had it all along you know he was like you know it's, mm-hmm. it's nervous 8-7-1 was the record so if it comes down to the Packers have to win this game which I believe is a more likely scenario because I doubt the Packers are going to run away with it. Um, you know, I reckon Aaron Rodgers plays, but I don't think it's going to come down to that, to be honest. I reckon this is one of the years that the Packers don't make the playoffs and that people who are looking at it 20 years from now, like us doing all-time teams, and they're looking at them like, oh, what happened to Aaron Rodgers this year? And then they realise, oh yeah, he's actually knocked out because it's one of the rare years that he doesn't make the playoffs. I don't know, they're like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you that the Packers make the playoffs with Hundley? Um, f- six. <laughs> because I don't know. Look, m- my issue really is that the the Bears are not ready to do it. The Detroit Lions are the Detroit Lions, and the Minnesota Vikings do look good. They're our biggest threat, right? With Case Keenum, who is yes, okay, their third string quarterback, but actually probably more than likely. Well, realistically, he's their second string, isn't he? Because Teddy Bridgewater was never never really in the reckoning for the start of the year. So he's their second string quarterback, but they found a way to win with him. Um, we need to try and find a way in which to win with Brett Hundley. And I think there is a way in which to do that. And I think it's very possible he will win games, especially when you look at what's coming up. I mean, we've got, what, the Ravens coming. Uh, we've got the Browns coming at some point. We've got our divisional games you know, we know those teams. We know what can work against those. Um, and, of course, we've got the bye week, most importantly, this week coming. 
uh, which gives us more and more practice time. So I, I am confident that Brett can get wins. And I think there was enough we saw in the Saints game um, to say that we can get wins. I think with maybe the with the running game emerging, there's there's the the backup or the safety blanket for Brett Hundley. So I do think we can get wins, but actually I think now at this point it depends how the Vikings perform for the rest of the year, who are our main contenders, uh, because I don't think there'll be a wild card team come from our division. It will be the winner, and that's it. Yeah, that's you see that's a problem, really, isn't it? I mean, it takes it out of our hands to a degree. I think we need. Kind of like what happened in 2013 because didn't the Lions go to run away with it and then the Bears overtook them and then they start they messed up down the stretch and then all of a sudden we had this like winner-takes-all game. So I think mm-hmm. we need the same to happen that, that teams need to suck. But that's an important point. Like For everyone who says, like, oh, we got Brett Honey, that's it, our season's over. Like Teddy went down and they got in Sam Bradford and then he became like the second coming of you know Dan Marino for some reason. Um, and then Case Keenum's in there now and he's doing well you look go to New England and you look at Bill Belichick what he did when Brady was suspended for four games he won people expect them to go 0-4 right But and maybe win one they went 3-1 and one. But they the had... thing is that, they've, that, that clearly proves they have a strong system and actually the quarterbacks that play within that system are nothing more than system quarterbacks whereas we know with Green Bay Packers that essentially we've been probably an average to good football team over the previous years, but in the last 25 to 30 years, or however long ago it is now, we've had a Brett Favre and an Aaron Rodgers who are absolutely supreme at what they do. And they are the absolute meaning of elite. And so I think that's the difference. We lose an elite guy, they lose a system guy, and they just knock in another system guy. See, I thought that, and I was that's what I said on the radio. I was like, oh, it just goes to show, like, is Brady really that good, or is it all coming down to the system? And you can't say that to a degree, but is NFL, I mean, like, if if he if Bill Belichick can do this system, well, then can anybody not do it? I mean, you know, can you not replicate that success to a degree? Can you not pick out the... Is that no, not what the whole game is about? But I think that's where Bill Belichick, and I know everyone loves to hate the guy, but actually he's probably one of the best coaches to ever be involved in the game because let's think a few years back Tom Brady got injured and Matt Castle Matt Castle took them all the way into the playoffs and 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 did did good things with them I'm sure he took them to the playoffs if not he he only came just short but Matt Castle did a great job um and then Matt Castle went on to I think the Chiefs after that and proved how good Matt Castle was and then you look at the New England Patriots and they could win games with Jimmy Garoppolo when when Brady wasn't playing, and then and they could Jacoby win games. Brissett, which is their third yeah. Yeah. and then they could win games with Jacoby Brissett. So if they can do that all the way to down to the third 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 quarterback, then that's a kind of. Now I'm not taking anything away from Tom Brady, and I know everyone's going to be like, oh, "He's got five rings." Yeah, rings are a team stat, not a quarterback stat, but whatever. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a truly outstanding athlete. He seems to get younger as he gets older. He's going out with a supermodel wife. He's got five rings. He's he's the face of the New England Patriots, and he will be a Hall of Famer. I'm not taking anything away from him. But the fact he can be so easily replaced by a second and a third string quarterback within the same system tells you everything you need to know about a system team compared to a team like us where unfortunately we are relying on a superstar and that's why it goes more horribly wrong for us than compared to a to a New England or um 
or any other team that's sort of in, in similar fashion. Yeah, well, like if I had the time, I'd go back and I'd get a sort of snippet of me saying on the podcast when we were winning, you know, are we just papering over some team deficiencies because we're winning? And I think you jumped in and said, no, let's not go there. Um, but I think that, like, is it not important? Because this is exactly what I was talking about. This is what happens, that, you know, A-Rod goes down and then all of a sudden people are like, oh, look, did you see we're not good enough? And it's like, yeah, well, you know, before that everyone was saying, oh, our wide receivers are dominant. Randall Cobb is having a resurgence. We don't even need the tight ends at this stage. You know, our defense is doing well. You know, that's because the, the offense was zapping up so much time. And someone who really took kind of a, not a pop shot at all, but sort of just exposed the stats behind it was Rob Domofsky this week on ESPN. Did you see his article about the defense? No. Like he said, let me let me just try uh, find a line in particular. Um, so he talks about Ha-Ha Clinton Dix. Um, he says on that play, Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, a pro boiler with five interceptions last year, sat back behind Thomas. And he goes and didn't make a play in the ball. So he kind of says... And there's a few things that he points out that really sort of shocked me. First off, we said this going into this season, and Mike McCarty came out and said it. He was going to stand by Dom Capers. Yeah. And we said, everyone wants Dom Capers' head, and uh, sometimes we criticise the defence in the sense that the players being put in the position to make tackles where Demarius Randall decided to run away from it. So, I mean, what can Dom Capers do in that position? He's put the player in a position to make a play. And then the mm-hmm. communication issues against the Saints with King, where he wouldn't tap the player down. He did it twice. Um, and then there was like 10 men on the field for Mark Ingram's touchdown and all the rest. So Do- Rob Domofsky's piece points out the rankings for it and just says like from a ranking standpoint, he proves that the Packers defense is an issue more than an issue than last year. So he said that they finished 22nd in total defense last season and they're in the same spot this season. So overall, they're the same. So we're better against the pass. We were 31st last season. We were 16th this season, which kind of shocks me a bit because but I think that's because the Saints were mostly doing short passes and might not have hit against the stats as bad but we're worse against the run so we're 27th instead of being 8th so that's how it kind of balances out but he shows and this is what annoyed me is that and we do be talking in the background you know where we have third and short even third and long it doesn't matter whether it's short long medium or from the car park we always seem to give it up and I'm glad that Rob did the work uh, that you know I would have had to go back and try dig it out he shows that even in that game against the Saints, right? So he says on this that they had a third and 17, which uh, Ted Ginn converted, and it was a hitch play. And then tight end Kobe Fleener got a pass for a 17-yard gain on a third and three. And then on a third and nine play, which they got a yard in the first two plays, Mike Daniels manages to get to Breeze. But he still gets the pass out to Michael Thomas for twenty-one yard gain. I mean, this seems to be what happens all the time, right? Is that we kind of we can play lights out, you know, on the first two downs, and then it comes to third down, even fourth down. But it seems like fourth and short is like third and short, third and inches to these teams. Is that they go for it against the Packers and they get it? And he still points out that we have a fundamental problem on defense. But I'll end it here, right, and let you come in and weigh in with, you know, how you feel this is all going. Dom Capers was asked why Clinton Dix isn't playing at the level that he is. And he had the comms helmet last week because um, Morgan Burnett was out. So they they tasked Clinton Dix with kind of, you know, getting people lined up. And uh, Dom Capers came out and said that Clinton Dix has a lot more on his plate. 
And so he said, this is, quote, so who knows how much that affects people? Like, imagine you're the defensive coordinator and someone asks you a question. Imagine you're the manager in, in your factory, right? And someone says, oh, so what's the story with this? And you go, well, who knows what happens when you do this? You know what I mean? Imagine you changing a process and they go, oh, is that process going to improve it? I don't know. Who knows what happens when you do it? Is that not a bit alarming that the defensive coordinator doesn't know what's, how something will impact a player? Because isn't that right, though, that you get a player... We've seen it in soccer, right, where, you know, they'll give someone the captaincy. Like, for instance, Seamus Coleman for Ireland. He got criticised because apparently he was too quiet. Some media lads come out and said he's too quiet. He's not really a natural captain. Uh, so to give him the captaincy, you know, will you really do that to a person? Because he's not going to shout at the guys on the pitch. And there was uproar over here in Ireland about it. People were like, oh, you can't say that. You can't victimise the guy. But you, like the manager had... Then behind it all, they were saying, well, they must know what Seamus is like and that he's capable to it. Like, can you imagine giving a guy the comms helmet and actually having no idea whatsoever how it's going to impact his play? He must have had some idea. Um, so I, I, I don't really believe that. Maybe it's just poor words in front of the camera of or sort of poor choice in that sense. But my my whole thing with, and, and obviously you know I love Rob Domofsky. I mean, when, when we met him, we were lucky enough to sort of run into him, weren't we, in Green Bay when, when we had the press passes and were able to go down to the locker rooms and to the press conference. And we ran into him and uh, like a sort of schoolgirl, probably seeing Justin Bieber, I uh, I said, Rob, can we get a photo? Um, so, you know, I love the guy and he's got a great haircut just like me. So, um, but I, I don't know, I just feel like with the whole defence thing, it's, it's really easy to jump on at the minute and blame. I mean, the, the blame capers guys have been out there forever and I don't think that's what Rob's doing. Uh, but I think it's just in general, it's real easy to get on the defence, blame the defence for everything at the moment. And actually, there's probably been a lot of mismanagement over the last few years in terms of all the way from draft choices, uh, in terms of even sort of the contract management, salary cap management, all, all sorts of things that have led to us being in the situation where we are now, you know. Um, well, the Marius Randall, though, first round pick, I mean, can, you know, can you... Yeah, but in his first year, in his first year, he looked absolutely fantastic, but now he's not. But then take that back to the fact that and I can't remember exactly when Casey Hayward left, but had you not let that guy go, would you have needed to draft that pick and Casey Hayward goes to the Chargers and looks really, really good? Yeah, it's same with uh, Mike Hyde. Mike Hyde goes to Buffalo Bills. And Mike Hyde goes to Buffalo, yeah. But, sensational I mean, year. All right, you know, Josh Jones looks a good pick, but he's not He's not right now, um, you know, the, the player that Mike Hyde is. So there's just a lot really... And it's, it's very easy to always sit back and just pick on the bad things. Uh, for example, there's been a lot of good picks and a lot of picks that turned out well. But, you know, and I, I don't, I don't want to be the guy that's now going to sit here and pick apart the team pick by pick for which one was good, which one was bad. But I, I think everybody at home will be sat there, there knowing what, what was, you know, what went well and what didn't. But I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like to just blame the defence. I don't like to blame Dom Capers. I think it's a waste of energy. It's kind of pointless. That's, that's, yeah, that's fair enough. But I mean, it's people, not the sexy answer that you want, but that's, no, that's look, kind of the way I feel about it. We're not here to dog the team. We cover the team, you know, 24-7, 365, 366 in a leap year. So we're avid fans. We try not to get sucked into the negativity, but... I suppose you can see from Rob's piece where he points out the rankings and, and shows how we get bet on third down. Like you can see on the power rankings on ESPN, we've went um, from 
I don't know, number 16th down to, I don't know what we are now, 21st or 23rd or something. Um, maybe 22nd, so who what knows. what happens when you lose the best player in football. But that's it. I mean, we went from being 65% favoured to win the NFC North down to 13.2% to win. So they're given, you know, a re- really bad odds. What's that? Don't write this kid Brett off yet. No, and that look, we can't get into it, but at the same time, like people are asking about the D, uh, he's went and highlighted the deficiencies in it ranking-wise. I mean, we're down the bottom. It does sort of... The thing is, is if Aaron Rodgers hadn't have went down, it would have been interesting to see how this would have played out. You know, would people have been sort if of you, saying, oh, he if had... If you look his- around the rest of the NFL right now, if Aaron Rodgers played the rest of the season... I would, I would say to you, there was almost guarantee a championship game, and there's a very good chance we'd be in the Super Bowl. Looking at the rest of the league right now, I mean, you tell me who's a better, better than an Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers, even with your defensive problems. Well, we've seen even Kansas... with your lack of running game. Yeah. You know. Well, we've seen Kansas City. Well, that, you see, that's a problem as well. I mean, if Aaron hadn't went down, we wouldn't know how good Aaron Jones is to an extent. You know, maybe they might be doing running back by committee, but the fact that they had to lean on Aaron Jones, we've seen a diamond in the rough here. It's hard to know. And then there's Kansas City. I mean, you know, they were unbeaten for five games, then they get waxed the last two. Um, so the teams that seemed good maybe aren't as good as we thought. Yeah, you can see people asking. But look at um, what we decided to do on this podcast as well is is weigh in on our all-time team as well. And funnily enough, we're talking about defense. We're talking about some fellas who we'd like to put in here that would make a massive impact if they were playing in the game today. And you have your list. I don't know who's on it. I have my list. I do, yeah. It's been a while since we've done this, isn't it? Because obviously we were doing this as kind of a pre-season thing. Um, and then, you know, I, I can't believe you did this. I'm, I'm blaming you because you're the accountant. You should be good at counting how many pre-season weeks there were and how many positions yeah. there were. So, yeah, totally blaming you. Just, just going to No, it's like my up. bank balance. I just pretend but, uh, that, you know, the reality doesn't exist. and just keep trucking <laughs> towards oblivion. Just pretend you're in yeah. control of it. Yeah, that's fine. Just go, yeah, it's a, it'd be fine. Yeah. I'm an accountant. Um, so cornerbacks and safeties. But yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hard. I've already pretty much. I, I, I'll tell you what. Just going to put this out there now. I've got five names to put into four positions. Yeah. And I'm strongly with four of those guys. So it's going to be difficult for me to I have the same. It. Like I've got five names. And I'm strong about four of those. One, I think is going to suffer from recency bias action. And also, I've got an honourable mention, just because I love him. I love him so much. So, will, will I give okay. my love, my guy? Is it is it Atari Bigby? It is. No, it's not. It's Don Hudson. <laughs> yeah. I, do you know what? I was going to bring this up, and I was going to say, I'm surprised you haven't picked Don Hudson, because he was pretty decent. And actually, he's ninth on the list in interceptions. Yeah, 30 interceptions as a safety. Yes. Yeah, not bad. And that was in his final six years. He kind of converted to this kind of bit of madness, mm. madness. And it's it's funny you should bring up conversions because actually two of my guys were not even originally uh, starting at the Green Bay Packers in the positions that they ended up being so good in. Okay, well, I guess that leads us into it has to be Willie Wood. It has to be one of those top dudes, no? So Willie Wood's one of them, and uh, Herb Adley is the other. Yeah. So. So go on, tell us about Willie Wood then, why you're you're picking him. He's on my list as well, so this is this is going to be nice. Willie Wood, for one, was selected to eight Pro Bowls in his 12-year 12, 12 career. Mm-hmm. Okay, Now, not only was he fantastic in his position, but he originally joined the team as a quarterback. Yeah. Okay, he also played some some punt return. You know, he did a little bit of everything. Okay, and 
I don't know if this is a name that's going to come up on your list, but he is... Uh, sorry, he had 48 career picks, which is only um, second to the great Bobby Dylan. He's an honourable mention for me. Is he? I've got some cool stories about him later. Okay. So, look, that guy for me has to be in there. He was part of an all-decade team. He's in the Packers Hall of Fame. He's in the Pro Hall of Fame. And, you know, he's just just, just a really good guy. And, and, and unfortunately, obviously, now he finds himself in, you know, current day, he finds himself in uh, poor health. Mm. Um and and there's even stories of the fact that he doesn't even particularly remember any of the games he played in, which is really really sad. Um, but he played in a Super Bowl one versus the Chiefs, and uh, I don't I don't know if there's any anybody out there that remembers those days. But the Chiefs quarterback those days was Len Dawson, who for the Chiefs is obviously a a massive cult hero. Um, and he says that the the play in which um, Willie Wood uh, picked off Len Dawson. Um, not only is it one of the most famous plays in Super Bowl history, but it's the number one play that Len Dawson says he wishes in his whole career. It's the number one play he wishes he could have back. Um, you know, Willie Wood was just an amazing player at his position. Um, and, and what does it for me is the fact that, again, as we did on our history podcast when we used to talk about the Lombardi Packers and all the rest of them, so many of these players were converted into positions where they were seen as being more effective maybe than the position they thought they were the best at. So he's just another one of those guys. And um, yeah. yeah, just I, I don't think we can do defensive backs on our all-time team without talking about Willie Wood. Yeah, he was some guy. And the one thing I like about him as well was is that he was undrafted and he's only one of 16 players in the Hall of Fame who were undrafted and ended up there. Yeah. Um, back He played for USC and when he was coming out, he sent postcards to a lot of the NFL teams, like asking, begging for a job, begging for a tryout. And he came to the Packers then as a free agent rookie and became a free safety then. But he was a safety on five NFL championship teams. Uh, he was named All-Pro for five straight years. Um, he was in the Pro Bowl eight times. He was named to all of these all-decades teams. As he said, he returned one of Len Dawson's passes for 50 yards. He ended up getting tackled at the five. Um, you know, he was a punt returner. Uh, like most of the lads were back then. So yeah, this guy is super elite, super athletic. Um, so is he? So you, could it be that this is the first time in the whole time we've done this all-time team that we're actually going to pick a player both first first and put him straight in? Yeah, I think so. And I think the second guy that I'm going to raise, we're going to have to put in. So that's one of our safety spots. So let, let's flip the cornerback, Herb Adderley. Um, six feet, two hundred and five pounds per Packers.com. Um, they said that he wasn't the typical cornerback of the day, but again, th- this is the guy that you're talking all. about. <laughs> uh, yeah, ex- exactly. Like I mean, he was a he was a running back at a Michigan State, um, and he didn't want to compete because look who they had at running back at that stage: Jim Taylor, Paul Horning. So if you would have offered him right, you have a place on the team, you're going to have to play behind Thunder and Lightning. Then he's going to say, "No, screw that, I'm fine." So again, intercepted uh, 48 passes, 39 of those were for the Packers. Um, so, again, this is a guy, he played for the Packers and played for the Dallas Cowboys and went to two Super Bowls with Dallas themselves. This guy was a pretty standout guy and his jersey is actually hanging on your wall. So It is, it's uh, right there behind us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why, why, is, why is he such a hero for you? Just because he's ridiculous stats from back in the day? I think not only is that, I mean, one, obviously we're all in love with those 60s Packers. 
Mm. Um, again, this was another guy that was not in, was also in that all-decade team for the 60s, again in the Packers Hall of Fame and again in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, just like Willie Wood. Um, but again, it's another one of those great stories, isn't it? Another guy, you know, as you said, turns up as a running back, um, takes a look at those two guys, probably the other two as well, uh, Jim Grabowski as well, I think was, you know, probably there at some point. He came in as the one of these high-flying college guys along with... Uh, can't can't remember the other guy's name now, but you know there was a good running back group anyway. Um, you know, and he came in there, um, was always going to struggle to compete against those guys. Was moved into the cornerback role, and not only not only did he do it well, but he became one of the best cornerbacks of of all time, in, in generally in football, not just for the Packers. So, yeah, you know, unbelievable player. Um, like you said as well, you mentioned the Cowboys. He went to two Super Bowls with those. Um, just. Just to get an unbelievable player, and as well, there's just something about I like the I like the number twenty six as well. It just looks good on a jersey. Yeah, and he went to four of the first six Super Bowls. So yeah, pretty unreal. It's just ridiculous. But come here before I get your, I want to talk safeties with you then again after this when I get who your pick was. But an honorable mention has to go to Bobby Dylan. I have a Bobby Dylan pick. Um, it's one of the main pictures that you actually see of him playing, which is. You know, from back in the days, gold dust to get some of these lads in, in poses. You know, we don't have the sort of selfie culture that we have now back then. Um, even though the first photograph ever taken, ever, the f- very first photograph ever by the guy was actually a selfie. He took a picture of himself. That's just some uh, little fun tidbit for you. Bobby Dillon, uh, 52 picks in eight seasons as a Packer. And this guy had one eye. And from reading the story, and I think we've talked about this on previous podcasts, but to go through the story about this guy... So he grew up on a farm and yeah, he was helping his dad out on the farm. And his dad, he said his dad was doing something. He doesn't go into what he was doing, but a bit of metal flew up into his eye. The doctor took it out. He got cataracts on it. Uh, they solved that issue. They removed the cataracts, but then he was wearing glasses thereafter. Now, as a dad to kids, and I look at what happened to this guy as a kid, and I'm thinking, Jesus. I mean, you know, kids can get up to some accidents, but for a guy to get his eyes messed around with as much as this guy is just crazy. So I'm metal in his eye because of his dad. And then he's helping, I think he's helping a neighbor or something like that move house and they're doing stuff and there was a kid his age he was about six to eight years of age i can't really remember and there was another kid who was doing something and he hit him on a board in the face and shattered his glasses and the glass went into his eye and that kind of messed up his eyesight cut the whites of his eye and by the time he was 10 his eyesight was so bad in that eye that they just decided to remove it now you'd sort of think nowadays you know they'll take his ankle and make an eye out of it but back then it was like yeah let's just take it out so they gave him a glass eye and even with a glass eye he's the leader on the packers with 52 interceptions so this guy is something special and like an awful lot of talk nowadays ryan is about jerry kramer not getting into the hall of fame but people often say that this guy being shunned bobby dylan being shunned from the pro football hall of fame is a travesty as well because yeah you know, he was up against it with the fact that he's the leader in interceptions for the Packers. And then on top of that, he had one eye. And you're kind of thinking, if that's what he can do with one, I mean, does it work that you doubled your interceptions with two? And I mean, does he come down with 104? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, you know, but like if you have one eye, like if you do that thing, you know what I say to you? Close one eye, get both hands outstretched fully. Just close, ball your fists and get your two index fingers and put them up kind of like pincers and see if you can put the tip of one index finger onto yeah. the other. 
Do that with one eye and see if you can do it. And I bet you 99% of the people out there don't do it when they're driving. 99% of the people out there can't do it. And this guy used to play in the NFL. I mean, that's incredible. I'd love him to make this list, but I don't yeah, think... Yeah, it, it must have been unreal to try and even combat that for in terms of depth perception, which yeah. is, is what they say, you know, as soon as you get down to one eye, that's what you struggle with. And of course, he'd have had balls coming towards him and, and, and absolutely that's everything you'd need. So quite unbelievable that, that you know, he managed to play it to the level that he did play under those circumstances. But yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got two guys at safety. So, I mean, Bobby Dylan is there on the list. Obviously you can't ignore him, um, but I've got two guys at safety, both wear the same number and that's number 36. Mm. Uh, those two guys are, and I'm sure people out there are going Leroy Butler. So he's one of them. And my other guy is Nick Collins. Now I think that might be a recency bias uh, yeah. on that one. Um, but I tell you the thing that bothers me about Leroy Butler, and he did so so much. So look, he played 181 games, 20 and a half career sacks. Um, you know, Packers Hall of Fame, um, fourth in team history, 38 interceptions. You know, it's all there, right? Night is night is decade team, all, all the rest of it. It's all there. But generally, when you read about Leroy Butler, it always goes. An amazing playing career, but probably more famously known for starting the Lambeau Leap. And you think, I feel that just takes away from it. You know, it's almost going, yeah, great player, but wow, he jumped into the stands. And I just wonder if he's got that whole thing, you know, is he more famous for creating the Lambeau Leap than he is as a player? Um, And that's probably really unfair, you know, but um, I just love Nick Collins because the first Super Bowl that I watched, I missed 96. I came along in probably 99, 2000 when I started becoming a fan. So I missed the 96 against New England Patriots. So my first Super Bowl that I watched the Packers playing was the 2010 one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Nick Collins in that game for me was unbelievable. And not only just in that game, but in that whole season. In, in, every time I watched Nick Collins, he made something happen. And he, I guess he alerted me to the position of safety as a fan. To, and I know that sounds mad, but I think like when you watch football, there's certain positions that you're obviously naturally drawn to. The receiver, because he catches the ball and it's glorious. The quarterback, because he throws the ball and it's glorious. And the running back, because he pounds everybody and, and it's glorious. But like, when you're first a fan and you're kind of new to things, you don't really watch what the offensive line are doing, the defensive line are doing, and pretty much most of the defense unless they're catching the ball on an interception. So Nick Collins really made me stand up and go, whoa, safeties, that's awesome. Would love to play that position. I was terrible because I could never play safety because I'd literally turn slower than milk. But he was just unreal for me. 21 interceptions. I th- oh, was it 21 interceptions? Might be more than that. Um, but his interception in the Super Bowl against the Steelers was just unbelievable. And th- and if he hadn't have had the neck injury that he had, I think he would have been he would have been hands down on the all time team without any doubt. It it just would have happened. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I can you see know? where I'm coming from, but the recent, the smell of recency bias off you is shocking. Yeah, 21 interceptions is what he ended up with. Um, yeah, look, I, I get what you're saying, and I get that he was a big player for you, but I don't think we can look back past Leroy Butler. Leroy Butler uh, is a friend of the podcast, let's just say. We know he listens. So he is, and I love the guy. I'm not, I'm not downing on him at all. 
Yeah, I'm no, just saying that I've got a personal affiliation to that Nick Collins. And I think part of that is as well that 36. And, and I mean, my God, did he do it proud in that Super Bowl, that number. You know, that number means a lot to Packers fans. And, and he he wore it and, it and he really wore it and he performed in it. Um, but I just wanted to put him in there for a big mention because Nick Collins for me is, he will always be one of my favourite players. Yeah. Well, I've got to step in. I've got to break up this little marriage you have. It's like the guy who has that girlfriend, you know, that he's been with since he was 15 and everyone knows they're not supposed to be together. So, Ryan, I'm stepping in. I'm breaking you up. Wait, we have to go to Roy Butler on this one. I can see Nick Nick Collins is a legend. And you know what? It's it's a testament to a player that can step into a legendary jersey and do a proud. So we see that happening kind of in recent times with Haha Clinton Dix, right? He took to 21 um, from Charles Woodson and people are like, oh, how can he do that? You know, they have big hopes for him. And it's amazing to see 21 play so well. Um, now, he got he got a little bit dogged in Rob Domofsky's article, uh, but we know how much of a fantastic player he is and that he's a pro bowler. So, Leroy Butler, as he said, uh, spent his entire career as a Packer, uh, invented the Lambeau Leap, which is something that I know what you're saying. It's You know, I hate hearing this stuff. Like, for instance, I hate when we talk about Aaron Rodgers and all you hear is the relaxed quote um, or run the table. That re- Like, after maybe two weeks of that stuff, that just really annoys me. And to still see it on T-shirts to this day just makes my skin crawl. So... The Lambo Leap thing, he's come out and he's proud of it. He opened the statue at Lambo. He's happy about it. Like, he's made all-decade teams. Uh, 38 interceptions, so it's fourth in team history. Uh, he's seen as the most durable player in 181 games. He's like the Brett Favre, effectively, um, of safeties. And what stands out for me is, is that when we were talking to some of the players and we talked about the impact of Reggie White and, on the team and all the rest, and when they were asked what player stepped in after Reggie White left uh, to have an impact on the locker room. They say Leroy Butler stepped up to that role. So the fact that he could fill Reggie White's shoes um, in the Green Bay locker room sort of shows me of, of what type of a character yeah. that he was and how important he was. He was a true team. leader, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Sometimes leaders are taught and, and you can learn the skills, but this guy just seems to naturally have it. And especially because he knew his place when Reggie was there and the fact that he was a step up into it after... And as well as that, to, to end on it, he's a nominee this year for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So he's highly regarded from with his peers. Yeah. So and good I, luck to him. Yeah. And I think we, we go for Leroy and I, I acknowledge okay. your romance with Nick the Pick, but I have yeah. to Nick Nick the Pick's my man and uh you know, if he's ever listening to this, just know I love you. Um but yeah, okay. I'll let you have it. So look, there's another guy that and I should have probably talked to you about this pre pod. Because there's a certain safety that was an amazing player, but for obvious reasons, he will not be considered for this team and we will not discuss him. Mr. Sharper, who's currently in prison. Yes, and I think that's where we leave that. So we're not ignoring his playing abilities, but he's not going to be on our website as in the all-time team. Is that fair enough? Yeah, that's fair. That's probably the reason why OJ should probably not make the Buffalo Bills all-time team, even though, you know... Yeah, but OJ, OJ was innocent. I'm not going to edit it out. I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to let whatever lawyers that need to come after you come after you. <laughs> no, 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 no. But strictly speaking, he was found innocent of his crimes. But proven guilty by civil court. Was he? Yeah. Not on what I watched, the one where uh, Ross out of <laughs> Friends was his. Ross out of Friends was <laughs> uh, the Kardashian uh, yeah, lawyer or yeah. whatever. That was a criminal case, but civil proceedings. They made him put a black glove on, it didn't fit, and that was pretty much the end of it. They killed it. Yeah, but then they had that racist dude who like got the glove and threw it over his wall. So yeah, it's got a real uh, 
I don't know. Anyway, let's not get into it. Let's talk Charles Woodson because I'm pretty sure he has to make your list as the final. Charles Woodson is my other cornerback. Yeah, oh, simple as that. It's 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 the easiest choice for me. Yeah. Um, and I always love when we're looking at Charles Woodson, and, and certainly again, and we'll bring it up because it, it's relevant. The the 2010 Super Bowl, right? Hmm. And not only do I look, this is really terrible, isn't it? Obviously, he gets injured, doesn't he? he does a collarbone in that game, and uh, my my other hero. I know he's not going to make this team, unfortunately, but Jarrett Bush has to come in and sort of take over. But he does that whole cheer thing, doesn't he? And he suddenly goes, yeah, then he goes, ah, my collarbone. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, that always kind of makes me smile. Oh. But um, it's the it's the speeches he was doing in those playoffs and in that Super Bowl. And, and then I remember watching America's game, people were saying, you know, he wasn't the kind of, he wasn't that guy generally. He wasn't loud and brash and sort of the leader to go around and shake people up. But yeah. he was he was the guy that when he talked, you listened. And he had that real leadership quality about him. And he was a fantastic player. One of our best free agency signings ever, I would say. Yeah. Up up there with Reggie White. Yeah, for in sure. Terms of, in terms of impact on the team, up there mm. with Reggie White. Yeah. And I, like, uh, I thought you were going to mention when he said about Barack Obama with being a Bears fan and he said that the president doesn't want to come and watch us yeah, win the yeah. Super Bowl guess what we'll go see we'll go him we'll go to him yeah. you know and they did they ended up in the White House then meeting him and uh, you know Barack Obama came out and said that then didn't, you know he say, didn't he say where's Charles Woodson yeah <laughs> <laughs> amazing what a great sense of humor that guy had as well and he's awesome as well so if you've ever watched a football life if you're into those series you've got Game Pass um, or you've got access it to, to it by whatever means if you watch his football life it's, it's brilliant I love watching that one it's just a real good episode I think it's a weird one it's done differently usually you have some guy narrating and then making big plays but the first, he's at home and he's talking to the camera and he's kind of being a bit ballsy I think he pours himself a wine or some scotch or something like that doesn't he from memory I haven't watched it in a while yeah um, but it was a bit of, they, they took a different angle to it I was like yeah fair they play but not quite as ballsy as the Chad Ochocinco one but, no, that was just pure yeah. weird luck. Yeah, just that guy really loved himself and then drove a car that was smaller than a, a matchbox. But again, but I didn't he's really like, get it. He's like that guy in work who comes in with like just a weird multicolored shirt for no reason, and you're like, okay, yeah, you're looking for attention. That's great. You obviously weren't loved. I didn't realize. I didn't realize I'd shown you my new shirt. But, yeah, uh, I like it. Yeah. Okay. It's nice. Right, uh, so yeah, not not a peacock. There, there you go. That the name makes sense. Is your real second name actually Peacock or are you just Peacock in real life? Who knows? But uh, what's weird about uh, the Charles Woodson story for me is that he was so prolific in his early career with the Oakland Raiders and it was like a romance story and no one really begrudged him for continuing to play on after the Packers because he went back to Oakland where he all started. And on all intents and purposes, he became a safety as everyone knows. We should have kept him. Yeah, that's what people are saying, you know, should we have kept him, convert him to safety like Oakland did? But anyway, he, he, you know, defensive rookie of the year, I believe, uh, when he went to Oakland originally uh, played well hampered by injuries he said that he didn't want to go to the Packers because it was known for like a town where you can't do a whole lot and it was since then that he's come out and said that he's glad he did because of the fans and the people and the staff and the team and all the rest but the Packers were the only team to offer him a contract and it's amazing that they were the only but like the only team to offer him a contract right but they still gave him 52 million over seven years i think he was earning what 10 million the first year 13 million a couple of years after that so he was earning pretty massive money in fairness Mm -hmm. to say they weren't bidding against anybody else for his services they were were the only team in for him but maybe Um, that's why because people knew what the packers were offering him and other people went now we're not touching it 
Yeah, it, it kind of it's it stenches of you know stay away from our player. We're all in for him, and to show a real signal of intent, um, which we saw some teams do recently enough for players, and they ended up as a bust. But by God, this guy didn't end up as a bust. Um, but, you know what stands out to you? Obviously, his is his stats, um, his team spirit, the way he goes on. And just like he was, you know, he was named Defensive Player of the Year in two thousand and nine. Uh, he's makes pro Pro Bowls all over the place. Um, you know, he's got the thirteen defensive touchdowns. He's second in all time interceptions return for touchdowns with eleven. Um, you know, he's all time interceptions. He's sixty five, so he comes in sixth on the list. And also, he's one of only a few players in NFL history who've been to a Pro Bowl in three different decades. So in the 1990s, 2000s, 2010s, which is just incredible. Like, I mean, I that's mean, an me unbelievable stat. Yeah, me and you are around 30. So can you imagine in our lifetime, someone being in the in the Pro Bowl? Like he came into the league in 1998, I believe. So yeah, just a guy massively durable to say that his early career was hampered with injury, but has to make the list. Whenever I'm looking at defensive players, especially the secondary, because those are the guys that get those interceptions, they're the guys that get to do the glory bit from time to time. I mean, he's got a serious amount of interceptions, but it's also the amount he's taken back for a score. And then even when he left the Packers and he went back to the Raiders and people said, oh, he's going back there, that's a sentimental thing. But actually, he played another couple of years and continued to do that. I mean, he's just an unbelievable baller um, and somebody that you just cannot ignore on this team. Yeah, and a nice guy. I mean, I like listening to him talk. He's an analyst now for one of the stations, ESPN maybe, um, and he's good. I like listening to him. He's got a good insight to the game, and he's just you can tell he's intelligent, you know, and I like that because footballers always get that sort of image of being cavemen, you know, like they're sort of a bit silly, but uh, he seems like a real intellectual. And as well as that, he's a wine guy. Did you read that about him, that he has his own uh, wine? Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. I think we need to get a bowl. Yeah. Well, apparently let's get on to him. Let's get a bottle and get him to sign it. Because apparently he's only got a thousand cases, um, is what he puts out a year. So it's a small one, but he got into it when he was. So is it going to be expensive? The Raiders, I'd say so. And as well as say, that, if it's more than like four quid, I ain't interested. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'd say the postage and all over. I was probably going to put us out of the ale. Uh, but look, uh, Charles, we know you're listening. So if you want to send us over a case of that vino, it's a bit more upscale than what Ryan's used to. You know, with his Coors Light, and Bud Light, and Miller Light, and everything. Yeah, else. I don't but, really have the palate for wine. No, I'd like yeah. it. I knew a lot about wine, working in bars, working my way through college. I like white wine. Do you? Yeah, and I think I like sweet more than dry, but that's about all I know. It's like rocket fuel for me. Like, give me some of that stuff and I'm off my face. I know this is going to go really off the rails right now, but I remember when oh. I was at university, uh, went into a bar, um, and a girl that was on my course, she's behind the student union bar, and she says, we've got an offer on different drinks. Do you want to get on that? I was like, yeah, let's have that. She goes, bottle of wine's two quid. I was two like, quid? I was like, yeah, go on, I'll have a bottle of wine. It was on. Uh, this was on St. Patrick's Day. This was even better. So I'd already been drinking Guinness and Baby Guinness, which I can't even remember what's in that. Babies um, and tea, Maria. That's the one. So been drinking those already, and I get into the student union, she's like, yeah, bottles of wine, two quid. So uh, I was like, okay, I'll have one of them. She goes, how many glasses? I said a straw. So <laughs> I'm drinking that. Uh, anyway, long story short, gets to the end of the night, end up starting in a guy in a kebab shop. And... Uh, I get told by my friends the next day, why did you start on the guy in the kebab shop? So I don't, know, I don't even remember that. And he said, did the poor bloke just work there? He was trying to get in to sweep the floor and you thought he was pushing in the queue. Oh. So that's the last time I drank a bottle of wine. And that was about 10 years ago, 12 years ago. We know what we're drinking in Dublin or at the Super Bowl party. Is it going to be wine with straws for everybody in the audience? No wine for me. But uh, yeah, if you are going to drink a bottle of wine, there's only one way to do it and that's with a straw. 
Yeah, the classy way. Just as Charles Woodson would want. Yeah, that's probably why I wouldn't appreciate a bottle of Charles Woodson wine. But are we set then? So we have our four players, right? Now, I know we have backup players. I would love uh, Bobby Dylan to make the the backup roller. And Nick Collins. So there we go. I suppose we're sorted then. Are we? I think so. Yeah, and there are. There's. I mean, come on. There's. There's. There's plenty of names. There's always going to be names that certain people feel should have played that we've probably left out. Um, you know, like I say, one of them is in prison. Um, but you have got players like I don't know, Bob Jeter, Willie Buchanan. Um, you know, it. it, it even I'm just thinking, even maybe more even recently. Um, would you Would you put Al Harris at cornerback on there? I'm just literally thinking off the top of my head now. People might be going, "You're mental," but um, you know, there's 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 been a lot of good players at those positions. We and 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 I think hopefully we can get a few more of them to start showing up right now because uh, we really do need some. Yeah, and who knows the way Haha will will turn out? Um, you know, more Kevin King. A baller. Okay, yeah, well, let's see. Uh, let's see how that he's he's my dude. But let's see how that pans he's out. He's your boy. My boy. So. As, uh, as uh, the guys off of, pardon the interruption, would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think we're set then with the with the players. So what do we have left then? We've only the offensive line left, do we? We got the offensive line to go, and I'm pretty sure Jerry Craver's making the team. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And probably Jim Ringo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably so Fuzzy just... Thurston. So there we go. We've got it done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Basically, all, just so. put in the yeah, '60s offensive line. Just, yeah, just, just go with that and just give up. Yeah. Maybe Josh Sitt and TJ Lang have to... Have to nah, not them two. Check Clifton, I'll give you, but not them two. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Because I don't care what it is about free agency, but if you leave the Packers and go to the Bears or the Lions, then you're not getting my all-time team. Simple as that. Yeah. Don, Don Barkley, not making... He get an honourable mention. No, I like Don Barkley. He's a versatile player, can play at a number of positions, and um, he's always been there when he's needed. Yeah. Apart from recently when he was needed and he wasn't there. Hold on, that's yeah, that's because he got released. That's the company line. Anyway, I think we leave that there. Uh, let's not dig the guy when he's down. So, uh, Rhino, any other business for this podcast? Um, just that the 1919 Club is there. I know we keep banging on about it, but there are tickets left. Um, Super Bowl party is going to get opened up soon. I know there's a lot of people wanting tickets that are outside of the Packers fan groups and the Chiefs fan groups. So please do get them because we, as I said before, me and Steve do need to sell all the tickets to somebody, otherwise we're way out of pocket. Um, so we will have to sell them, but we obviously want you guys to get them first. So if you're thinking about going, you've got any questions, message us, um, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But uh, don't, don't regret it and, and, and miss out on your chance. Yeah, and the Dublin meetup as well. Um, so we have a guy who is going to the Dublin meetup who's booked his room and it comes with a spare bed so what he wants to do is is wants to know if anyone wants to share in with him so by all means jump on that um, and look it's it's like finger food uh, we have you know two pints for six blips so I mean why wouldn't you come and it's Ireland it's Dublin come on I mean you don't need an excuse it's for God's Ireland sake. yeah it's Ireland bring your missus as well it's the Emerald the Island of Saints, Scholars and Drunks. Get some potato soup and drink a pint. Yeah, um, yeah, and you can bring that casual racism, which, I mean, you know, the Irish people don't usually take offence. Um, that's all right, because they... every, every Englishman has got a little part of him that's Irish, because you boys get around. So, look, it, you can't consider that bad bad-mouthing at all, because uh, we all got a little bit of you in us. 
there's a joke there to be had. Uh, so yeah, get get on those. Um, and then the last thing to mention is that we've we've cool items in the shop as well. So so dive all over those. Actually, the very last thing to mention is is that we've been getting some really inventive videos in uh, for the get well soon A Rod video that we're going to be doing and sending to the Packers. All we need is is we've said max ten seconds because you know some people get on the camera like myself and Ryan we're quite divas with it. And, uh, you know, we, we tend to ramble on. So 10 seconds will allow us to put some sort of a funny montage together. Make it as funny and creative as you like. We had a great one from Michael Healy where he sent in, he was in work, he said. So all we received was we received a video of a skull and the skull was talking about, it's it's really funny, it's really well done. And we got back to him and said that was terrifying and hilarious in equal measure. Thinking that Halloween's coming up, it was a Halloween prop that he got. It's weird that he just has this sort of real looking skull lying around. And he says, we don't know what he does, that he was in work and he happened to be working on a Neanderthal skull and decided to record the video when he was listening to the podcast at the time. So that's an actual real person's head. I mean, if you can beat that, do, we're not talking Fred West here, uh, but if you can if you can beat that in, in the funny stakes, you know, we've had people send in finger puppets of Aaron Rodgers. So go wild with it. But, you know, if you can keep it to 10 seconds, if it has to be a bit longer, by all means... Uh, mm-hmm. take that comic license but also it doesn't have to be that either Ryan does it I mean some people have just sent it in saying get well soon eh, Rod? that's, that's yeah, what yeah, we're looking for really, it can be really really simple we just want as many as we can get and um, get them in this week we need them for one um, and the other one is probably by the end of this week we're going to have to start actually putting the video together otherwise it's going to become less relevant or someone might even pinch our idea so get them in uh, we're going to be bugging you on social media as well um, but get it done yeah, get them in. And if you want to know where to send them, send them to info at ukpackers.co.uk. So that's it for this podcast. We're going to have a new bi week podcast on Sunday, going into Monday as well. We're going to come up with some cool stuff for that. If you want to mm-hmm. be fan of the week, by the way, email us in info at ukpackers.co.uk and tell us that you want to be fan of the week. No, you're not fan of the week. Oh, quick mention as well. If you're in Twickenham, I'm going to be down there and we're going to be doing some interviews for the UK Packers and you can yeah. get yourself on social media or maybe even on the podcast. Yeah, indeed. So uh, keep it here. At UK Packers on Twitter. Uh, search UK Packers on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, from myself, at NFL on Twitter. Give me a follow. Follow the group at UK Packers. Follow Ryan Peacock at Ryan Peacock NFL. And goodbye till Sunday night into Monday. Good day. <laughs>